Gnosticism. Now, I want to explain a little bit about this theory, or they call it even a heretic doctrine that crept into the church in the second century. Okay, And this is something that Paul was dealing with on a continuous, he spoke to the Corinthian church about it, he spoke to the Ephesian church about it, he spoke to it in the pastoral letters. And if I, can, if I explain this to you, you'll understand. If you read it again, you'll understand, oh, okay, now I understand this. Now, they've got different views on who God is. They've got different kinds of weird ideas about knowledge and about who we are as people and the body. Now, I'm only going to touch on a specific section on it, and you can read up on it. But one thing they believe that the body is just the body. It means actually absolutely nothing. They've got a piece of God, but that has been lost because we sin, you know. And so the body means absolutely nothing. And you get two groups of people within that believes in this I don't know even what you call it, theology, or it's not even a theology. The early church fathers totally rejected it because it wasn't in line with biblical theology. And so Gnosticism, the section I want to touch on is about the body. Now, you get the one group of people that would believe that the body, both of them means nothing, but the one would believe that they deprive them totally from any kind of pleasures. They would deprive themselves from sleep. They will deprive them from any relations, sexual relations. They would beat themselves up. Who's seen some of those where people just like slap themselves, you know? Like, you are stupid. <laughs> you know, you, know, you probably, when you were born, you fell on your head or something, you know? So you get that group of people. Then you get the other group of people that were also Gnostics. They believed in this theory. And they were the people that saw it as like a license to do whatever we want to do. The body means absolute nothing. So they would fornicate. They would give themselves over to drunkenness. They would give themselves over to gluttony. They would sleep around with prostitutes and all those kinds of stuff. Now, this is what Paul dealt with in the church. He dealt with this inside the church where the glory should be filling and all good people, you know, where there's morals and values and, you know, in the church, he dealt with this thing. Now, that same spirit, sadly, you can see it today in the church. You just put the TV on and then next moment the news speaks about this prophet that did this and this one that this, you know, this same that spirit of there's no morals, there's no values, it's fine. You can sleep around, have a church, and behind there's a escort agency. You know, in the church, we don't have to get married before we sleep around. No, it's fine. The world does it, it's norm. We see this in the church where morals and values have totally just been out eradicated, it's out the church. But something needs to change. And I really believe this is a move of God that's coming. It's going to sweep across the church where this thing is going to be totally annihilated, where God is restoring morals and values. We see it in our schools. Oh, my word. I'm like, Jesus, protect my kids. You know, I want them in church. I want good morals, good values. I want them to be 
moral citizens, is that's the right word, you know, and just be true Christians. So we as children of God, we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. John 15, 19. You know, Romans 12 as well. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the spirit of your mind. We should be different. When we see immorality, we should stand against it. When we see things, and actually, no, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with certain things that the world has said, and now it's coming to the church. I don't agree with it. It's not biblical. So how can we do this? How can we stand for what is truth? How can we stand for what the Word of God says? Is be being continuously being filled. Who's ever felt where you're just tired and you're tired of just like, you're just like, why don't you get filled with the Holy Spirit? He is your helper. He is here to guide you and to lead you. So what makes us different? is having the Holy Spirit. We need a filling of the Holy Spirit on a continuous basis. So I want to read the scripture quickly. Acts 1 verse 5 to 8. Verse 5 says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 says, But you will receive power Say, I will receive power. When I got baptized, I received power. I received, say, I received power. What is this power for? To fulfill your destiny. To fulfill your call. To stand for what is biblical, what's truth. You know? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Let's say you will be my witnesses in South Africa You'll be witnesses in Benira Park, in Kempton Park, in Boxburg, Bononi, if you're from Pretoria, Pretoria, to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, in the Old Testament, we saw God speak to Moses, and you, know, you can go back and you, you'll see, you know, you know the Bible, okay? And where God would speak, and then kind of see Melchizedek as like a Jesus, you know, but there's also times with the Holy Spirit, we can see glimpses of the Holy Spirit. He would come upon people and he would leave. He would come upon people and he would leave. Now, when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit came upon and it remained. When the Spirit came upon you, it came upon you and he remained. In Job, we see glimpses of the Holy Spirit. In Job, he answered from a whirlwind, Job 38 verse 1. In Ezekiel, he was in a stormy wind, Ezekiel 1.4. To Elijah, he came as a low whisper, 1 Kings 19 verse 12. And then in 1 Kings 8 verse 10 to 11, it says, He filled the room when Solomon dedicated the temple. You see glimpses of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to talk a little bit, of, come back to this part here. One specific thing that, Paul was dealing with, with regards to Gnosticism in the church, was to the Ephesian church. To the church, he said a specific thing. He said this, now, Jesus, I'm running ahead of myself here. Keep that there. Okay, you got that. Remember Ephesian church? Gnosticism, 
Now, I want to go back quickly to Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. You know this, but there was five things that happened in that time when they were in the upper room or the temple. They were in a place, and they were filled, okay? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. One, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Do you think the disciples knew the scriptures? Do you think they knew when Solomon, you know, they knew about Solomon, and suddenly, oh, we remember Solomon. It filled, it. now we are, and it filled the room first. Oh, wow, that happened with Solomon. The second thing that happened is they, they saw what seems like tongues of fire that separated Mount Sinai. Oh, the fire came. I think they're like, oh, wow, the fire. And it came, suddenly something happened. It rested on them like, oh, wow. Imagine, it just pictured that in your mind. Filling fire and now it's me. It came upon me. Ah, oh, Shandai. Now it's not just a temple filled or a place, filled, but they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit enabled them. Men and women of God made a difference because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Elijah, Elisha. It's quite interesting that when Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River, Elisha and Elijah were near the Jordan River. And Elisha received the double portion near the Jordan River. He picked it up and he went back to the Jordan and he, Jesus at the Jordan River. We're filled. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. How are we going to make a difference? How are we going to change the world? How are you going to change your environment? Be being filled continuously. Ephesian church, Gnosticism, Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 19, says this. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, debauchery, Americans. It leads to, in Afrikaans, losbandigheid. To the church, he said this. Gnosticism infiltrated the church. And he was saying, do not be drunk with wine. But he says this. Instead of being drunk, be filled. Say, be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking to one another. So what's the result of being filled with the Spirit? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. That being filled is a present tense, which means to be regularly, continuously filled. Continuously filled. 
Say continuously filled. Do you want to be filled? Who needs infilling today? I want the infilling today. Now, with being filled, just don't get it. Then copology. There is a two-way response to being filled. There is times we've heard in history, God would just come and, you know, when most of the times you act and God respond. You act. Just think back the first time you got saved. You acted and God says, and you say, Jesus, come into my heart. God responded. Remember the first time you got full of the Holy Spirit? You acted. So what is causing you to stop acting so that he can fill you? Being filled is being intoxicated. I remember the one time, a story. I was in a big church for about 11 years, and God really just, I did not expect him to do it, but I think he had me on a path. But we were in worship, and like today, and I had my friend next to me, we were in this massive church. And the next moment, and I'm praying this will happen to you, the next moment, I said, okay, and I wasn't even expecting anything, you know. But, you know, I love responding in worship. And I just like, Jesus. And it was just, as I said, Jesus, oh, my word. The power of God hit me. I felt electricity shoot right through my bones. I went, like, in a fetal position. I was like, my hand went, like, I'm like, I went, I went, like, you'll fry, you know. That's how it really felt like, you know. It was like, you know, and I went into a fetal position. It's like my, everybody just like shriveled up under the power of God. Continuously filled. When we, you filled. Remember? What for me, a very sad thing is sometimes God will move. I love it when he moves. It just like fills me up when I see people get touched. And where, you know, we sometimes walk along it's like, where we do like a fire tunnel, people get touched. I can feel when God touches. And it's like, oh, Jesus, do something for that person. And it saddens me sometimes where God will move and people will judge it. Most likely you were never in a revival or a move of God or you never got touched by God. Or you don't understand it. You judge it. And it saddens me. You know, there was a, I've told the story before. Bethel, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker was ministering there. And uh, there was this one woman just touched by God. And she was rolling around on the floor, you know. And Bill was standing there. It's like, I don't know. And she was like wild going on there, you know. And he's like, no, I don't know. This is God, you know. This is what's going on here. And Heidi Baker just like comes to Bill and says, is it amazing God is delivering her from prostitution? When God moves, if you don't understand it, I want to say, shut up. Because you can say something. Firstly, you're robbing yourself from getting touched by God. And maybe you need to be as free as they are. And then your life might change. Because you can say something and do something that can block them up and Hinder them from receiving what God's got for them. Totally shut them down. Completely. And for years they will battle. 
I don't feel God. I don't. But it's because they made that inner vow right there. God, just don't ever do this to me. I don't care what you think about me. Personally, I'm beyond that point. Whatever. So what? God wants to touch me. It's not about you. It's about God doing something for me. And if it can change the atmosphere and it can set somebody free, so be it. If you don't understand it, shut up. Let God touch you. Wait, whatever way he wants to. If you feel the laughter, maybe you need a bit of laughter. If you feel like it's just a, you used to laugh and suddenly you're like, oh, just such a peace. Maybe you need the peace of God. Let God touch you. Let him touch you. Let him fill you. And we are a church that love a move of the Spirit. We love it. Don't ever judge the move of the Spirit. I want to say this. You rob yourself. Don't get tired of Holy Spirit meetings. Don't ever get tired of it. Do you know we need the Spirit and the Word? Spirit and the Word. If you just got the Spirit and no Word, you've got no substance. You've got nothing to stand on. But if, if you just got the Word and no Spirit, it's just religion. Who's been in one of those? I've been in one of those. Like, oh my word, good word. But I'm like, Jesus, I don't wear you. <laughs> you. There's no Spirit in this, you know. Spirit and the Word. Then the word becomes so alive. So sometimes I look and I like, and it saddens me when people just like sit there. And I know they would also just always get filled and get touched by God. And the next time I just see them sitting, and you could see the world just just like heavy upon them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't you think? Pastor John goes through stuff, and I go through stuff, and Shereen goes through stuff, and leaders go through stuff. You know, we see a smile, smile, but inside, I'm like, oh, Jesus, we don't believe in the rapture, but please, can there be one right now? <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, don't you think so? But can you make a choice? Okay, I'm going to put that aside. Just fill me. Just fill me. How do we get filled? Now, you might know this, but it, maybe you've seen a different angle to this, but it is by faith. It is honestly by faith. Be like a child. Be like a child. I want to share this. I was watching Rodney Howard Brown and Chloe is sitting next, lying next to me on the bed. I'm watching how people are just getting touched by God. And, you know, and then sometimes you like me, you can... God like zaps something. I'm like, oh Jesus. And I could, could feel it. Man, and Chloe's like, Daddy, why doesn't it happen with kiddies? And I'm like, no, it does. It actually does. You know, we've seen it. So she's like, okay. She's watching and watching. And right at the end, it's like, yeah, no, it's quite amazing. And so we're just talking, and I'm like, and the fire of God upon you. It's like, oh, wow. She's like, oh, she's like, look at me with this weird face on. I'm like, what? You know what just happened? You know, you know, that's a thing in the house. <laughs> and it's so funny. So, the night when before we, we put them in 
bed and I pray over my kids. And so and then they're waiting. Like I could feel this anticipation for the end of the prayer. Because as we like, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for Chloe, thank you, or for Nathan. Thank you, Father, for this man of God. Thank you for calling upon his life. And I pray a blessing over him. Then he may have a good night's rest, prophetic dreams. Thank you, Father, for the fire of God upon him. <laughs> He's like, oh! you know, and Chloe would be like, <laughs> she's like giggling. And I'm like, and, and she's faking it, but so what? She's a child, you know, and one day the fire of God will hit her and she'll be probably be laughing right through the night. <laughs> be like a child, man. <laughs> Position yourself. I heard Andre Bronco say this once in one of the Holy Ghost meetings. He would go into the room and he would just stand like this against the wall and say, okay, Jesus, fill me. <laughs> fill me. Just fill me again. I need a filling of you. Position yourself. Do something different. If it's closing the door and just rolling around on the floor and saying, Jesus, fill me. Jesus, fill me. <laughs> Sit in another chair. Move out of your comfort zone. Come sit here and say, Jesus, I'm hungry for a fresh infilling of your spirit. Just do something different. So respond when the spirit moves. When you feel like, you feel like bubbling, <laughs> just, just let it bubble, bubble, bubble. Respond. Respond. So right now, I want to do something, and then I want to go into different points. It's about, we can lay hands on your all. Is that fine? Okay. Just like a fresh and filling, fresh and filling, fresh and filling. But right now, I want everybody to close their eyes. Everybody. Something that can hinder you sometimes, not sometimes, but most of the time, can hinder you from just being filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, the worries, the cares, but the thing that's connected right into that thing is condemnation, is guilt, and shame. That can hinder you from just blocking yourself off from receiving from Him. So right now, with every eyes closed, there's people here that's battling with condemnation, with guilt, and shame. And I want you to right now, nobody's looking. Only I am, and I'll still love you. <laughs> but I want you, if you're battling with condemnation, guilt, and shame, I want you to stand up right now. I want to pray for you. Because I want you to be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Father, right now, every person, even on live stream, if you're battling with condemnation, guilt, and shame, I'm praying for you. So, Father, I want to just declare freedom right now over every person. All condemnation, all guilt, all shame, go right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I speak freedom. I speak liberty. I speak peace right now over every heart and over every mind right now in Jesus' mighty 
name. You are free. You are loved. Oh, he loves you so much. He doesn't turn his face away from you. He turns his face towards you and you will see the hand of God upon you. You will see he will take you into deeper depths of who he is, of your identity that's in him and you will experience the supernatural freedom that you have experienced but it will be so greater. It will be so much more. You will step into that which he has called you to step into in Jesus' name. Be free. Amen. You can sit down. Oh, Jesus, give him a round of applause. Now, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he helps us. He helps us in time of need. He helps us in time of trouble. And I'm just, I'm not going to read through every scripture. But Romans 8 verse 26, Acts 4 verse 31, and Acts 14 verse 51 to 52. Now, we all go through stuff. We all go through life. We all go through trials, tribulations. How do we react to them? The first thing we should do is what the disciples did. In Acts 4 verse 31 and in Acts 13 verse 51 to 52 where they were together in one place let me read it okay i'm gonna read it romans 8 verse 26 in the same way the spirit helps us in our weaknesses he helps us in our weaknesses well we do not know what we should pray but the spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings acts 4 verse 31 arthur they prayed. Now, this is Acts 1, the promise of the Spirit. Acts 2, they were filled. Acts 3, they were persecuted. Acts 4, it says this. After they prayed, the place again where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Should we not do that? Should we not, when we hit trouble time, say, in a room, in a toilet, wherever you can find a spot, closet, wherever, say, Jesus, just fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me again. You might see the cupboard shake. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know, the doors go, you know. Anyway, Acts 13, verse 51. So they shook off the dust of their feet as a warning to, as a warning. Oh, wow. That's quite normal. As a warning to them, and went to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but we need some joy, especially what's going on in the world. Because that can rob you from your joy. You need the joy of the Holy Ghost. And be filled. He brings revelation. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 12. But just as it's written, things that no eye has seen or heard or mind imagined are the things God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed these to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men know all things of a man except man's spirit within him. You too. No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. 
Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us. We need his spirit to understand his word, the truth, and all things that pertain to him. He gives us wisdom. Ephesians 1.13, I pray that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of him. With the Spirit, you've heard this, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, it's fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit develops from a life in the Spirit. You know, you get this, ah, oh, fruits of the Spirit, and it's like this, it is beautiful cards, but that's, it, it, you try to love <laughs> without the Spirit, oh, you're going to fail. You're going to try to be patient without the Spirit, oh, you're going to, somebody, you know. It's life in the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The Spirit brings purity. You know, I, we're in a meeting one day, it's like, you've heard, it's like, Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. But better not step out of line because he might be like a dove and just fly away. Which is not the case. Holiness means set apart. Your toothbrush is holy. It's for you, not for somebody else. <laughs> That's holiness. Being set apart, holy. So you are set apart for Him. Colossians 3, verse 12 to 13. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with the heart of mercy, kindness, holiness. Ah, oh, elect of God. It produces fruits, but it produces mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness. Who needs some of those sometimes? Patience. This one, bearing with one another. Another, oh, forgiving <laughs> one another. Oh, my word. If anyone happens to have a complaint against someone else, <laughs> just as the Lord has forgiven us, so you also forgive others. And to all these virtues, add love which is the perfect bond. Let the peace of God, peace of Christ, be in control of your heart. Let the peace of Christ be in control of your heart. That is for somebody. I just felt that right there. For you were in fact called as one body in this peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and exhorting one another with all wisdom. Ephesians 5. Singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Ephesians 5. <laughs> oh, all with grace in the heart of God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God and Father through him. The next one, last one, need the power of God. Need the power of God. The unadulterated power move of God. Not a fake thing, the power of God. 
Romans 15 verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The next one, the last one is the presence. The presence he brings. We see in Exodus, he said, I don't want to go anywhere except your presence. Go with me. Exodus 33 verse 15. Jesus, John verse 37 verse 38. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and shouted, if anyone is thirsty, who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? What's the result of when you're thirsty? You need to be filled. Let him come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Just as the scripture said, and within him will flow rivers of living water. I think I'm going to finish with this last saying. I've got other scriptures, but I feel I need to end this. I was watching this guy this week, and he said something. He said a lot of things, and it's just like, oh, Jesus, okay, uh, thank you. I'm taking this. This is really speaking to me. And he said, right at the end, he said something. You know, you get the Olympics. You get the ancient times. There was the Olympics, the gladiator Olympics. Even today, we see the Olympics, and there's big torch. Have you ever seen those big torches that need to be lit? But somebody has to light it. So he tells a story about this guy. He's got a smaller torch, and he's going to run now to light this big torch. And he decided this time around he's going to break his record of the time he's going to run. So previous time, it was more than three and a half hours. This time around, he's going to run so fast, and he's going to try to beat three and a half hours. So he's running and running and running. He's running as, as fast as he can. And next moment, a wind comes and it blows out this torch. But anyway, he keeps running because this torch is running and he's getting to his goal. And that guy right there said to him, where's the flame? He said, no, the, the wind came and just blew it out. And the guy said, it's not about the goal of the time. It's about protecting the fire. It's not about how fast you were running. It's about protecting the fire. It's not about how fast you run. It's about protecting the fire. Protecting the fire. It's not how fast you run. It's about protecting the fire of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. As you just sit there... In your prayer right now, just say, God, I need a fresh and filling. When last were you really filled? Even if you were filled yesterday, you need a filling now. You need a fresh and filling now. Now. So I want you to close your eyes where you are. And I need a fresh and filling of you. you to fulfill your destiny and he's given such a great and powerful tool. it's him the spirit of the father and you need a fresh infilling with the spirit of the father
oil fresh